You're listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett, and I just want to know, did you miss us as much as we missed you? We're back with an all-new season of Radar Peak with new segments, new stories. Oh, and merch. Did I mention merch? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's catch up first. Energy units reporting. All systems go. Cutting units reporting. All systems go. Amplifier units reporting. All systems go. Interference monitor units reporting. With an acceptable range. Begin transmission. so back we're back baby it's kind of crazy i mean it, it feels like it's been i don't know eons at this point guess who's back 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 again 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 peak is back 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 tell a friend 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 guess who's back 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 na 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 how do you make your nope. voice sound like that? I created a podcast because nobody wants to read Three Body no more. They want book two, The Dark Forest. And now you know the universe is shaped like a Taurus. A little bit of reading mixed with some hard science. Shocking news and big if true is bigger than red giants. You waited this long, now stop debating which extraterrestrials are invading. Or to hear updates on who's Allie's dating. Because we're back on the air and we're meditating on David Grush's investigating. So the UAPs won't let us be and the DOD won't let us see. They try to shut down every inquiry, but it feels suspicious if you ask me. So come on in and put on the show. You're about to find out what you need to know and get ready. Because this shit's about to get heady. We just made a bunch of merch. Go buy a fucking sweaty. You're listening to Radar Peak, where you listen to two people speak. Because we need a little transparency with new episodes dropping every week yeah this sounds like it's radar peak where you listen to two people speak about things you don't have time to read with new episodes dropping every week i have, I have cold <laughs> chills is that the surprise you texted me about <laughs> delete all that <laughs> imagine that wasn't the surprise i'm like that I, I'm speechless. You were it's, not expecting that. It's rare that a language model such as myself <laughs> is speechless. That was amazing. I really, uh, I got you there. It's so good to see you back in this studio. Right? I mean, I've had so much time to recoup, mm-hmm. rehabilitate, mm-hmm. reacquaint, mm-hmm. reread, mm-hmm. and I have the energy. Like, we really said, let's take the summer to just give our Patreon subscribers the goods and we've been having fun over there i mean for those of you listening if somehow you're still not subscribed to our patreon all summer we've been sort of like slowly but surely making our way through the gateway experience which if you don't know anything about it just do a quick google search that's such a fun rabbit trail to follow and like rabbit hole to fault i think i just made up a new thing rabbit trail (laughs) anyway lots of stuff happening over on patreon exclusive episodes behind the scenes content you even get to have the option of having an itching reading from either ali or myself that's true we've got a big one coming up for a listener so excited about that but i also wanted to say yeah and also an extended dive into the whistleblower david grush uh, david grush so you know if you have heard our little emergency drop 
drops on the main feed and you want more and let me tell you the more is great like some of our agree. some of our best work i would agree um yeah head on over to the patreon but that's not going anywhere and neither are we no we're back and a dinosaur story <laughs> Is that like a Jurassic Park thing? No, it's a cartoon. I think John Goodman played the T-Rex. Called We're it's, Back, a dinosaur it, story? Yeah, it's a cartoon where it's basically like these dinosaur. I forget exactly, but they're like in existence again. And they take over the city of New York. Got it. And then it's like hijinks where it's, they're like having to like hide and pretend they're floats in like the Thanksgiving parade. Got it. Wait, actually, thing. this is ringing a very deep bell. It was like around the time as around the same time as, as uh, like Rock-A-Doodle. Do you remember that? movie it was a cartoon about a rooster who's basically elvis no who sings but he's magic i don't know damn they don't make content like they Cartoons used to in the eh? 90s were fucking weird <laughs> that's all i mean agreed all there is to say about that speaking of content oh boy i mean we have to cover some heavy hitters like before we launch into this new season Let's, I think, just go through the major things we all need to be on the same page about. Number one being the three-body problem trailer that dropped this summer. Crazy. And I've only watched it once, and I think we should rewatch it right now. And, like, because I feel like I haven't actually processed it at all. Okay, cool. So. You want to know something? Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. (gasps) Wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. Okay, even more. And yeah, listen or hey, look it's, it up. I don't know. It's rare that I get to like, you know, truly organically experience. I know. Because it's like. We're as, at our best when we're As soon organic. as anything comes out about anything, I'm like one of the first people, you know, it's like that's my it's personality true. type. I need every single thing as it comes out. But something about three body problem, I'm kind of like in the back of my mind, like, I don't know. It's almost like I want to go in completely blind to all of it, even though I know like everything there is to know about what happened in the book basically but like how they're going to visualize it how they're going to costume like i just want to go in and be odd yeah especially having read this prologue it's like damn how are they going to do this without it being so cheesy well a hundred million an episode exactly they better figure it out and i need to know if after watching this trailer if you think they figured it out weiss and benioff they were spending like what was it 10 million an episode plus on game of thrones so it's like i feel like that's all they're used to so i feel like that's also all they're gonna get by way of you know like resources from a network in this case netflix we need to watch yeah okay do you have it ready Mm -hmm. okay amazing 10 million views wow it's been out how long now two months that's crazy one minute 48 seconds they're getting almost as many views as we are streams i know good for them them. yeah they'll catch up that's good i mean we walked so they could run that's right why am i nervous okay oh my god oh red guard as children Hey, Radar Peak. Yes. Big satellite. From the creators of Game of Thrones. Who is he? I have no idea. Evans? Judgment Day? Numbers, numbers, numbers in my eyes. I still see it. Me? Ah! What was the hand? That Look was the definitely the V suit. Was that the V suit? Wait, pause it. Yeah. Okay, wait. I th- that 
is crazy. Uh, just like rewind it by like five right seconds. She is like, yeah, that was uh, Shen Yufei lowering her V suit down under yes. her eyes. Oh my god, chills. Not to know. But that's definitely a trisolarian with the reflective. Skin. It has to be a trisolarian. Freak me out. Shen Yufei. Yes. Oh god. The pyramid. Whoa. Oh, shit. Uh, do you feel like they changed a lot of the male characters to women? Because that's uh, the sense I'm getting. And there are, spoiler alert, there are characters that don't exist in the books at all that are in the television adaptation. How do you know? For a fact. It's on IMDb. The characters are listed. Oh. Those characters in the show that like they don't even like, exist in the trilogy. Character entirely. No, they just added people. I'm really curious. Yeah. Because if that's not Shen Yufei putting on the V-suit, what if they changed Wang Miao to a woman? I mean, honestly, could they could have. But also, in uh, I'm kind of afraid, and we can get into it when we actually start talking about the story for this episode, I'm not convinced that Wang Miao is even going to make an appearance because, in, in the show. Because you think they're skipping over book one or something? No, but we'll get to it. Okay, okay, okay. On with the trailer. Onward. We only have like 30 seconds left. Sorry, we're using Starlink. The Wi-Fi's kind of buggy. Walking across hot lava. Uh -huh. The horse on fire. Whoa. Don't so fun. What was that? Like, I feel like that's... To search. Could be A1G, yeah. Life looks for life. <gasps> oh. All the horses. All the bodies flying up into the flying air. Flying into the air. No, come on. It looks sick. Whoa. You know what, though? Okay. I like the trailer. I don't like that. That, like, title treatment on three body pro like, glitchy is yeah. really douchey, I feel like. Yeah. But as far as douchey as it could be, Because it even doesn't okay. fit with, like, the, you know, like, the time that the story of three body, like, the first book is set is like right. not at all modern day tech so like why is it like i don't know that's my only critique i'm excited whoa okay i like that it's giving um it's i'll say what it's... was that korean show that everyone was obsessed with squid games oh yeah mm -hmm. the the title um the title treatment or whatever but wow. also it's giving like weirdly horror i think maybe that's my problem three... with three body problem yeah. Is that it's kind of, it feels like With aesthetically, the, yeah. it doesn't know what it's giving yet. Or maybe that's right. by design. Maybe we just don't know. Maybe they do know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they don't by want design. us to know. Either way, I'm actually glad Comments. now that I've seen it. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Right? People yeah. said, never been as excited or nervous for a TV series. Yeah. If they do the books justice, we're in for a treat. Very Little hope. Netflix ruining everything. Wow. Um, people saying it was a great book. We should honestly be commenting in here. Being like, sending everyone Do to the right podcast. Now. Whoa, that was fun. Right? Yeah. Damn, lots of different opinions. If this show is even a glimpse of the worlds and ideas of the remembrance of Earth pa Earth's past series, aka Three Body Problem, Netflix has a masterpiece on their hands. This is one of the most captivating and frightening sci-fi stories I've ever read. I still think about it sometimes late at night and get chills. It's true. They're Like, literally, they're, I don't... I've read a lot of sci-fi. I haven't read anything that's as like all-encompassing but also like viscerally terrifying because of what it's you know taught because of like if everything in the three-body problem comes true ultimately you know by way of like scientific advancement and actually making contact with nhi i don't know it's like it's kind of a blueprint of how like how it all ends basically 
I'm so excited. Everyone in the comments is like, this is the this is my favorite book series of all time. Top five book series of all time. Agreed. You guys, there's a reason we're doing a podcast on this. I feel like a lot of you are like, a lot of you that I meet in real life that haven't read The Three Body Problem, you're like, oh, you're, you got a podcast on a sci-fi book? You, oh, you like really? it? I mean, you must like it a lot then, eh? Clearly I haven't like, read you the book, understand. though. I don't even like it that much. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I'm here for the hype. Like, I'm here to really find, fuck around and find out. Is it as good as everyone says? And I will not make that call until I get to the end of book three. But I am here representing those who have not read it. And Brett is here representing those who have. And that is why we speak for everybody on yeah. this podcast. We speak for everybody. But also, I feel like, I don't know. It's like, obviously, the people that, like, respond to you that way, I'm going to go out on the very short limb and say that they haven't read it because i feel like once you read it no of course you not. become like a convert because like i don't know it's like so familiar because it's sci-fi but it's so revolutionary in the way that he's telling this story that like i feel like it in of itself like is a religion almost like to be a follower of the three body problem i don't know that's me on the podcast that's me in the spot Light losing my religion. I belong to the first redemptionist church of Trisolaris on Earth. We really How are about you? going to start a church. And yeah. we hope you guys join us. So that's on our big agenda. Uh, there's other things on our agenda, mm-hmm. like launching our merch. I was going to say, you mentioned merch in your Eminem cover yeah. parody. Yeah, I did. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Tell me more. We just made a bunch of merch. Go buy a fucking sweaty instead Pretend of. Pretend I don't. I just know settled on my lawsuits. Fuck it. you, Debbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we actually didn't make a sweatshirt. We made a hat and we made a long sleeve tee. Work. Just in time for the fall. But the nice thing about LA, you it's can always wear one a, of those year round. It's always appropriate for whatever. I totally agree. And we've got stickers as well. And you know what? If you buy a shirt or a hat. You'll get a free sticker. It's true. So yeah, go check them out. They're really fucking sick. Yeah, super Um, cute. Yeah, because you might have noticed, we have an updated look this season. So that's just a taste of what these things will look like. Yeah, it's a new season. It's like, you know, our glow up season. Season two is always the glow up. If you watch Real Housewives. So go fucking check it out. Get yourself a hat. Get your mom a hat. Get your dad a hat. Get your little sister a long sleeve tee. They're cool. And, and we really thought about... What? And put the stickers around Put town. the stickers around town. Yeah, we really... I mean, I really said, Brett, I don't want to make something I don't want to wear. Mm-hmm. So here at Radar Peak, we value wearability and fashion. Creator tested and approved. Period. For you. But also, you mentioned something that reminded me. Oh, First Church of Trisolaris. Mm-hmm. Brett, what was that tweet that you sent me earlier this week from that woman? Uh, let me pull it up. Are you referencing Maya Benowitz, perchance? <laughs> I believe I am. The quantum physicist? Yes. Tell me about Benowitz. Tell me about this tweet. Let me just read the tweet out loud so you guys know what I'm talking about as if Brett texted it to you. Maya Benowitz, a.k.a. Cosmic Fibration, that's with an F and an E, said, I've been told there are three factions in the, entry tags, Department of Defense. The hard tag is crazy to Right? Me. She's like, put me on your list. Like, literally, the honestly, like, I don't know. That feels like, I don't know. Has age. she been heard from since? <laughs> Daily. 
Oh, okay. So she's okay. I don't know okay. her age, but that feels like maybe the generation ahead of us that, like, if you're talking about somebody, even if it's negative, that you're still using the at and you're tagging them. I'm like. You want them to have your number. It, it's kind of like what that gives. She's I'm like, like do they me. not know the subtle art of subtweeting where you just, like, say the name but don't put the at sign? I don't know. It she wants like them to. I guess she wants them behavior. to reach out. I, I have noticed, actually, on, on a totally unrelated note, like, people, people are, like, really calling for more etiquette in the way they in the way that people are like speaking in the comments section like i feel like there's a lower tolerance than ever for like hate speech in the comment section it kind of i feel like the the gen alpha kids are the ones running that the ones who like haven't actually gotten out of their parents house to live yet are the ones like policing is kind of i mean no i did see someone like uh like just comment at someone who had commented about like a person uh-huh. and they were just like hey like why don't you just say what you, you were better off saying like lol or just not commenting at all you know just like if you don't if you see something you don't like move along that's my opinion but i like that this is gonna be fucking annoying i agree as someone <laughs> i thought you meant the dog. oh no <laughs> let's just it's wait fine. somebody else is probably here now it's probably Brett holds this podcast to the highest levels of integrity. Yeah. It's SNL and I'm Lorne Michaels. Quiet on set. No, literally. Thank you. That's a wrap for the extras. <laughs> Someone pry them away from Crafty and take them back to whatever sad <laughs> waiting room they came from. Keep that. <laughs> All right, anyways, we've gotten off topic here. Yeah, I know. The dogs derailed us. Well, I derailed us also. I was, like, talking about the comment section and whether or not people are being kind or not. And I don't know. As someone who doesn't like hate mail, I'm like, yeah, I only want to hear nice things. <laughs> yeah, same. Although, I, I don't know. Although, I'm glad we got that hate mail. I look forward to our next one. Me too. But let me read you this tweet. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a crazy one. I've been told there are three factions in the at- Department of Defense regarding UAP. Okay. Which, if you literally just woke up from a coma, wap. yeah. Wait, is it UAP? WAP. Is that like WAP? Unctuous ass. <gasps> what is unctuous again? Unctuous is like I don't. I could. I can't give you the definition, but unctuous is like when you take a bite of something that's really buttery and it like coats. Ew. Unctuous. Ew. So a butter coated mouth is unctuous. An unctuous ass pussy, you might need to go to the doctor. The UAP. So if yeah, these guys, it's not an unctuous ass pussy. Some if you somehow missed our emergency broadcast, mm-hmm. a UAP is a UFO. It's yeah. just the new branding. New language. Welcome yeah. to UFO 2.0. Mm-hmm. UAP. So there are three factions regarding UAP, according to Maya Benowitz. One of Christian fundamentalists who are convinced. UAP are demons. Okay, I believe that. The other convinced that they are time travelers. Okay. And the last, most secretive faction claims to know the origins and is in contact. That part is the crazy one. Honestly, all three of these factions make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. That these would be the three factions. Obviously, it's giving redemptionist, Adventist. I mean, they're not similar in ideology, but just the fact that they're and the survivalists. The fact that there are three factions around UAP. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that there's a Christian fundamentalist faction, right? Mm-hmm. Which I believe that because it's like... That's the most American thing there could be. the most American thing to like be part of, you know, a government that is one of the most, on paper anyway, and like in laws that are on the books. Yeah. 
religiously accepting of the panoply of religions, but to believe that while your nation is the most religious accepting, that that nation is also fundamentally Christian. A hundred percent. That is so American. I I don't doubt for a second that there are people working for the government that have, you know, ended up positioned in the Department of Defense that Mm -hmm. are Christians. And, you know, what what do these are career people too, by the way. Like not Right. They are Republican and Democrat. They are outside of presidential terms. They are just serving in their jobs and that's gonna be their job until they die. And it makes sense that, you know, I think Christians really, uh, I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here, but love to literally demonize what they don't understand. Mm -hmm. If we don't understand it, it must be demonic. And instead of trying to understand it, let's just label it as demonic. I mean, it's easier. Homosexuality, right? For a long time. What else? For, I mean, for a long Abortion. time. Abortion. Yeah. Well, it's like you think about it. For a long time, like court magicians or, you know, people of that sort, when it was like when you needed somebody who was like magic or whatever in your society, they were just doing science right. and chemistry. Right. But it's like the people around them didn't know or that. Psychology or psychology or whatever. It. Yeah. So it's like they ascribed to it magic but then the church hearing magic goes evil demonic and then you've got the conflation of science equals demonic leading to inquisitions and the slaughter of scientists score after score yes it really like it, it it emphasizes to me truly how judgmental and moralistic christianity is it's one thing to believe in demons and like angels, you know, but to not actually ascribe like a moral quality to them. Right. Like, like to me, demons may exist, but they are literal beings that are existing on like lower planes. Yeah. And there's angels that exist, which are also beings that have like lifespans as well. I mean, existing on different, a higher dimension from the old Testament in the Bible. King Solomon was a magician. Like there to this day exists a subsect of people who practice magic, hard K, and the type or the brand that they follow is Solomonic magic, mm. like magic mm-hmm. that's left the key in of the Solomon. tradition of King Solomon. Right. And it's like there are stories even in the Bible and like sort of like extra biblical, but around the same time literature pieces where king solomon literally like enslaved demons to do his bidding because they had powers and abilities that he as a human didn't have yeah and he had such an understanding of magic he knew how to perform rituals that would physically manifest to them and bind them to him until they carried out his will yeah be it construction of something that humans couldn't make you know or whatever it was you're reminding me that i work with just this person we'll say in my day job mm-hmm. And we were on the phone, and we are just briefly touched upon UAP stuff. And, like, let me start out by telling you, like, this person voted for Elizabeth Warren. Okay. <laughs> like, let that just, like... I mean, listen. <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with... Ele- well, what I'm trying to say is, like, he's I mean, a listen, centrist liberal. I have the sweatshirt. I didn't vote for her, but I loved her ideas. And yeah. I was like, but, like oh, if you really I'll look support at- a union factory making sweatshirts. But, like, you know... To he's, vote that way. He's just... Uh, the reason this is related to me, because I just, like, some people lack idealism in a way that is toxic to me. Yeah. Like, and and so when I mentioned, like, UAP and, like, you know, the, he was basically talking about, like, the bullshit of ancient aliens. And I'm just like, I'm not saying ancient aliens isn't bullshit. Right. I, I haven't watched enough episodes, to be honest, to, like, make that call. I understand, like, that there's 
an intersectional conversation to be had around, mm-hmm. like, right, like, this idea that ancient people of color could not have possibly built these things. And because yeah. white people can't understand it, we have to ascribe it to aliens. It's like neocolonialism. That, right. Can be, to a point. Right. And I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But I, I am saying, like, okay, to this person that I work with, I was like, but you're actually, like, really uninformed on, like, everything that's going on in UAP right now. Like, right now, yeah. Right. So, it was just like, I just felt he he was like, oh, Allie, don't tell me you believe that bullshit. And it was so judgmental. Wow. It was so fucking judgmental. And it was like, wow, I actually, I was like, I'm not going to touch this at all right now. Like, you are not informed at all on the things I'm informed about. And therefore, because you don't know and you don't understand, you are just labeling it all as a bunch of garbage. And fundamentally, we can't. And it's ironic because this person like writes about like magic, but but doesn't believe in it. Not magic, but like fairy tales. That's a difference. Like they're not a sci-fi person. They're really more of a fantasy person. So I actually think almost like ironically, I'm going to make a huge generalization here. I'm ready for it. If you are a fantasy head. Uh Uh-huh that perhaps you are even more tethered to reality Uh than someone who's interested in sci-fi. Oh. This is a huge (laughs) generalization, but I'm kind of just feeling like, I just see this person as someone who is so just like really buys into the fucking matrix. Mm-hmm. And like fantasy is is just make believe, yeah. Versus like fantasy is a tool of the imagination with which you can affect reality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. And that is science fiction. Yeah. Whether if you They're see really fantasy as make believe, yeah. then you actually aren't seeing full reality. Yeah, no. But if you see fantasy as a tool of the imagination, and the imagination as a tool of affecting your own reality, like mm-hmm. the full circle of things, then you're actually you actually believe in science fiction. Then and you're not listening fantasy. to us. Then you're listening right to Radar Pete. Yeah. Guy, I'm Allie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I don't know. That was an unexpected diatribe. Work. But Christians moralistic and it makes sense that they would think uaps are demons okay so that's group one that's group one group two because we are tying it back to this is the tweet from maya benowitz right who says that there totally. are three groups within the department she's of been told the christians group the christians one. who believe uaps are demons group makes two allegedly time travelers yeah i think this might be more like people like rush I think Time Traveler is a... More science inclined, you think? Yes, I think Time Traveler is a shorthand, Mm -hmm. almost um, like an easy sort of term for what these people actually believe. Because they could just mean a being from a dimension that is outside of time, not necessarily humans coming back from the year 5000 or whatever. Exactly. Time Travelers is a pretty reductive word. It's like UFO. I think there needs to be an easier word for like people who are convinced that they are extra dimensional travelers which yes is outside of time. Yeah, what do we call that? Spatial visitors? Yeah, right? Like we need to bring more credibility to this term in the same way they rebranded just with the language yeah okay and then group three well wait can we do we want to rebrand time travelers oh i I like yours spatial what is it visitors spatial visitors like they're visiting our space but they may not be from it right and that means like space as in like our universe or space as in our dimension they could be from a fifth dimension a sixth dimension you know and they're like folding themselves down to be right the third really fourth space and time together or what about extra temporal extra temporals instead of extraterrestrials that's the thing that word extra temporal came up in 
Grush's testimony Wait, did it? at least once. I'm so smart. <laughs> but yeah, just outside of time. Because I do think that conversation is being had. Okay, so I do think that Grush would be considered by this classification someone who is convinced that they are that these NHIs are time travelers. Group two. But really, we mean like extra dimensionals. Yeah. But that's kind of a heady term for this tweet. And then the last most secretive faction, allegedly. You know, you know secretive. I immediately think sinister. Right. You know. Well, to me, I think actually i think not religious and not spiritual but i think magic with a heart okay i think like inner order i think illuminati like the pattern underneath everything yes i think i think gnostics yes i think people who have not forgotten or somehow like remain like we know of ceremonial magicians of the 20th century now Mm -hmm. but at the time no one knew Burroughs was, you know, practicing ceremonial magic. And no one knew that um, fucking Ginsburg I mean, and Kerouac, like... Let's be real. The the guys who founded JPL... Oh, yes. ...in Pasadena were followers of Jet Alistair Crowley. Jet Propulsion Laboratory. They literally... The house where these rituals used to take place still stands and is obviously owned and occupied now in Pasadena. But at the time, the followers of Crowley would be on the yard... Like the front yard in Pasadena after midnight under a full moon practicing sex magic and getting the cops called on them. Meanwhile, but they were so entrenched with the cops that like nothing was being done to them because like. And their day jobs are. Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Jet Propulsion which is Laboratory. Now part literally. Of NASA. Yes. Literally, NASA was founded by known. The people who sent us to the moon. Ceremonial were practicing magicians. Or Freemasons. Magic. Hard K. We're, some of them, I'm sure. Some of them Freemasons. Some of them like, you know, a lot of mag- magical orders came out of Freemasons. Because there too a lot of those ideals go back to king solomon right and like i just i get a little voice in my head that is like the voice of of like that person that i was on the phone with Mm -hmm. where it's like you're a fucking idiot and i'm just like yeah yeah this is bunk and it's like i'm sorry i'm informed yeah like this is true history i'm not making this up it's not something i want to believe like this is citable history you can go online you can check for yourself that jet propulsion laboratories which became part of nasa was started by magicians yeah literally ceremonial (laughs) magicians i don't know which exact order they were a part of maybe it was the golden dawn that sounds right um it would make sense and and so if you have a combination of someone who's practicing ceremonial magic which is capable allegedly of but by many testimonies that i've heard um, which is capable of, I mean, that's what we've been practicing with gateway process. Yeah, the whole time. You know, um, basically, yeah, by doing certain meditations and certain ancient chants, you know, by by carrying the practices of, you know, ancient Egyptians and, and just like ancient mysticism. magicians throughout time. Throughout like, time. Sort of like the, the collective, like unforgotten subconscious knowledge, I guess, that runs through anybody who devotes serious time and energy to practicing. You can astral project and you can travel outside of our dimension and you can communicate with extra dimensional beings. So this final secretive faction claims to know the origins and is in contact and it makes sense why they're fucking secretive because everyone knows that any sort of hermetic order is going to be secretive you know and for good reason and it makes sense that those are the people that would know the origins and be in contact what yeah that last group the like super secretive what it makes me think of do you know about majestic 12 oh boy okay strap in majestic 12 is i'm just gonna like give you like a quick distillation from their wikipedia page but majestic 12 was also known as mj 12 Mm -hmm. in its abbreviated form Mm. um it is a 
purported organization that was part of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Um, it's claimed to be the code name of an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials formed in, here's the year, 1947 by an executive order from then U.S. President Harry S. Truman to facilitate recovery and investigation of alien spacecraft. Hmm. The concept originated in a series of supposedly leaked secret government documents that were first circulated by ufologists, as they were then called, Mm -hmm. in 1984. And when the FBI got their hands on these documents to examine them to tell whether or not they were, like, for real and leaked or if they were fabricated the fbi declared these documents to be quote completely bogus which you know when is the fbi going to be like oh yeah we are actually doing a thing that's secret and now everybody's found like they're not going to do that so that's the answer they're going to give but mj12 or majestic 12 remains extremely popular within the ufo truther community because the concept kind of shows up with it i mean you know we you and i have talked about before how like when disclosure happens it's going to be a slow drip and then the dam breaks like all of popular culture will be sort of like seeded with this idea that we're not alone they're coming we're making contact things like that so that when it happens ideally there's not as much ontological shock to like the whole group of people so funnily enough i feel like the greater risk in our day and age is not ontological shock but complete dismissal and now they're prepping it look at covid like right it was something that like didn't have to affect the planet in the way that it did like ignore you know i'm not even talking about where i think it came from like any of that bullshit but just like we know the way not to get a virus is to wear a mask and protect yourself when it is transmissible through the air right and it's like because of our political leadership in the u.s at the time we kind of set the tone for the entirety of like the world that weren't in places that were fully autocratic like china adopted like a zero hardline no covid policy right, right. but like any relatively free place kind of just went, eh. <laughs> you know no i know no it's true i was just thinking about calling china not free oh i wasn't calling china not free you're just calling the u.s free no 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 i'm saying like other countries that are like like the u.s no i are, get it you know i mean like with I the criteria of like they have democracy. They're electing their leaders. I'm just thinking that, like, free the is... The people believe they have a say in their government. You know, like, yeah, places yeah. like that here, totally. like America. But, like, we kind of set the tone on COVID so that everybody now is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Everybody's going to get it. So it's like if everybody comes at UAP with that same kind of, you know, attitude... And they're very real. I mean, like, the government is admitting, even going so far as to publish a new website to release declassified documents and videos. I mean, it's like they are admitting that there are things in the skies that even they don't know what they are. And it's like, if it pans out to actually be some other form of intelligence that aren't human, aren't from this planet, this star system, this dimension even, and everybody's like, eh, we don't give a fuck, then it's like, yeah. That's the worst case scenario. Right. Because then what? Then what, literally? Is there any other context that you now know around Maya Benowitz? Like who she is and, I don't know, this tweet? Like is there anything else that I need to know? Just was curious. If not, fine. I have to pass a captcha first. So I have to use my arrows to rotate the animal to face in the same direction (laughs) I hate that one. I hate that one. And it appears to be pointing that now they are. So, what I'm going to tell Keep you, that. you've proven you're a human. 
joke's on you. I'm not. <laughs> a little bit about Maya Benowitz, this scientist that we're referencing. She, this is from her about. Uh, oh, yeah. She is a deeply motivated research scientist and ambitious entrepreneur okay. with over four years of experience and a track record of developing explainable high-impact models to corroborate the data that she presents. Oh. She's a creative problem solver with a talent for communicating compelling data, and she is... A Pisces. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I'm sold. Her entrepreneurship title checks out. And she is a research scientist for Datasite and Utah State University. So if she's going to talk about data and if she's going to talk about science, I'm going to listen to her because... She's got the qualifications. But that's all I know about it. She is really good on Twitter, I will say. She is. She identifies as a time lord and I or an aspiring time lord, which I really like. For real. I mean, like, she literally is just giving, like, biting scientific commentary to these people. We should get her on the pod. It would be amazing. We should get her on the pod. I'll work on that. Okay. I think she's our next guest. So anyway, her our next guest very those, much needs an introduction. <laughs> Maya talking about those three groups. That's all I thought about where I'm like, yeah, the Christians, I believe it. What was the second one that they're time travelers? That one, it's like, I maybe that one is a little harder for me to take seriously. But like that last very secret, you know, because who doesn't love to believe in a deep state? Trump popularized it, you know, but like B613 from Scandal popularized it before that. I mean, it's like it's a story that's been told so many times that there's like a group that's like a secretive cabal within the government. And they're the ones actually making the choices. Right. And like the, the government that you elect is like the show government. And they're, just, you know, whatever. All that made me think of is Majestic 12 because like a allegedly this group exists right or existed the fbi says no way this is all fake but like what if they did exist and they never disbanded maybe this makes me want to talk about your unified theory of what nhi are doing here but before we do that i just so i'm trying to like honestly i'm just kind of reviewing maya's uh twitter Mm -hmm. and she's critical and i respect that yeah she's definitely not what you call a UAP optimist, right? No. She's very like, like... Avi Loeb, I would definitely say, is like a UAP or like an NHI optimist. Like, he is out there actually doing science. He is like, you know, collecting data and like following actual scientific procedure to, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. But like, I believe that he wants to believe that NHI are what he believes them to be. Or like, you know, the the theories that he puts out that sound so outlandish to the rest of science, I believe that he wants to believe that. I think, I just want to say that like, while Avi Loeb may be a UAP alien, whatever, optimist, Mm -hmm. being an alien skeptic or, um you know, pessimist or whatever you want to call it, does not make that any more true. And it's very much a case of Schrodinger's alien, Mm. you know? And I think pessimists or or skeptics, as I think Maya is, like to believe that they're being more reasonable, but their belief is literally, right, as accurate until proven otherwise as the opposite. Yeah. So I just think there's a bit of like sardonic Therein humor. lies the rub. <laughs> I love that. What is that? Shakespeare. Oh, thank you. Thank you for for elevating my, that is good. I thought you were kidding. What is that from? I forget which play. Don't ask me. Maybe yeah, okay. Should I look it up? Okay, Therein Lies the Rub comes from Hamlet. Hamlet. Aye, there's the rub. When Hamlet is contemplating suicide, he said, to sleep, perchance to dream. 
Aye, there's the rub, for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come. Yes, therein does lie the, the rub. Beautiful. Um, so anyways, Maya, and this is a good transition to the DOD website, yeah. uh, tweeted a screenshot from this website. That Let's talk about the website. Breaking news this week, but yeah. if you're listening to our podcast, this was a few weeks ago. Yeah. The DOD... That's the Department of Defense. Okay. <laughs> Heard of her. Uh, officially launches a UFO website that is supposed to be a one-stop shop for declassified info. Sounds like... UAP Costco. It sounds like a... What is it? Like a like a charade. <laughs> it sounds like a charade or to like me. like a PR campaign. Yes. It's like, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. You asked for Fine, it. Fine, we'll give you a Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. You think they're paying for the domain or just using squarespace.magnolia. Like you go to click on a video and it's like, this declassified release is sponsored by Squarespace. No, literally. <laughs> the Pentagon, uh, yeah, revealed a new website where the public can now access declassified info on reported sightings. It's pretty sick. It will be operated by Arrow, aka the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Although I'll say, let's hope they updated the website yeah. more than they updated their Twitter page because when Arrow launched on Twitter, they made this huge promise that they. They would be updating frequently. They have tweeted twice. I mean, it's essentially us. Twice. <laughs> but we're not funded by the government. And we produce weekly. They've tweeted twice. No, you're right. The department is committed to transparency with the American people on Arrow's work on UAP, according to a statement from the Defense Department. It will serve as a one-stop shop for all publicly available info related to Arrow and UAP, and they will regularly update the website with its most recent activities and findings. There's I'll believe road, it though. when I see it. It's like, it's publicly available info so it's like it's right. only going to be a repository of information that they have gotten through the chain of command to one way or another be declassified you know so it's like I, i'm not looking to this website as like i don't know i don't think it's going to be a source of anything that's like breaking or anything i think that like all of that is going to continue to come from whistleblowers because if david drush the whistleblower who sat before congress in that televised hearing if he's to be believed there's no less than 40 other whistleblowers with their own unique evidence ready to come forward at a moment's notice. So it's like, I think the updates are going to come from people like that, not from Arrow, who just by its nature is beholden to the wishes of the government writ large that like only wants what information out that it wants out. Mm, right. But, but I'm glad it exists. They're going to, I mean, this it does seem like it's coming straight off of the hearing, the congressional hearing, mm -hmm. but I think they're going to add like a little submission box for yeah. like government workers to like submit any strange phenomena so that they can continue to catalog things um, to make direct reports. But that's coming. Brett, what's the URL? www. World Wide Web. On the edge of my seat here. Dot. Dot. Don't tell me. I wanna believe. Dot. Amazon. Slash. Slash workplace. Dot org. No? No. No. Arrow. A-A-R-O dot mil oh M -I -L, never have i ever officially a branch of the military never have i ever been on a dot mil neither have i and okay so here we are it looks it's so 80s or so, it's so 90s so early internet i don't know it literally looks like one of those like i don't it looks like my high school freshman lit teachers angel flyer yes 
is that like one of those portals where you submit your homework? No, that was like a like a personal blog. It was oh. like before, like Tumblr. I think like proto angel buyer. Yeah. For teachers. No, it's just like anybody who like wrote wrote on an angel flyer. It's giving blogspot big time. So this is all domain anomaly resolutions blogspot. Pretty bare where bones. Homepage. You got the director's message from Doctor Sean Kirkpatrick himself. Font. It's looking. It's looking to Homa or Ariel. It's very very simple. Yeah. There's looks... no graphic design. There's no bells and whistles. They no. did not pay anyone more than a cent necessary to get this information on there. And at the end of the day, it really is all about the information. I bet they didn't pay anybody anything for it because I bet the people who designed it are already on salary with the government. True. And that's just what they did that day. I really want to hear from the person who built the website. Same. If you designed Arrow's website, let us know. I want to talk to you. Hosted by Defense Media Activity Web.mil. I saw that. There's also a Veterans Crisis Line ad. Which is nice because it's like. If you're on here. If you Grush might. is to be believed, it's like the, the culture within the military is such that people are literally like fearful for their lives sometimes, allegedly, for coming forward with information of like strange things they've seen in the sky. So it's like, you know, I'm also not going to pretend like if I encountered one of these things that's like trying to like engage in a dog fight with me if i'm flying like a fighter pilot i might wind up with some ptsd or something from that like a person trying to fight with me that's what i'm prepared for as being in the military if i were in the military but something that i don't understand what it is that's like a visceral kind of like fear that's like in the pit of your stomach i feel like so mm. it's like nice to see that this is good. They're no, presenting it's good. what they care about. Yes, you know. 100%. It's very much feels like a direct response to the congressional hearing yeah. where, where, you know, former high-ranking Air Force and military personnel basically begged for there to be, one, official acknowledgement of this occurrence, mm-hmm. you know, and a place where people can go to report it. Yep. And it says, you know, coming soon, submit a U.S. government UAP-related program activity report. It also says, it's launching you know. Like this fall, right? Sorry. It, that that part of it is launching this fall. Like yes. how to Is that right? Yeah, coming soon. Yeah. It also says current operational UAP reporting. It says military personnel should report through their command or service in accordance with some law running up the chain yeah but it's just interesting it's interesting to have like a official government website basically acknowledging that this happens like pilots uh both in the private and public sector are encountering uaps and deserve a place to report them you know and and deserve anyway i'm going down to the uh site map at the bottom Uh and I feel like we really need to do... Are we... you digging around in the government source code? <laughs> what are you finding? I'm digging around. What's under the hood? I really want to click on all of these. And, and I don't know that we have time for it, but also, who's counting? Let's do that on Patreon. Fine. I guess there's nothing left to say on Maya Benowitz. We've, I mean, we could do a deep dive on her another day. TBH. I forgot we were still talking about Maya Benowitz. It all came from her. Well, it all started she there. she is the inception, yes. But no, I think, yes, let us segue because we haven't even begun to talk about what we are here to talk about, which is The Dark Forest, book two, which everyone I've spoken to agrees is the moment we've all been waiting for. Truly. That book one is just a fucking preface. It's homework. Just a prologue. And now begins the story that I think, I don't know. I have no idea. But all I know is 
I've read the prologue of this book. I've also realized that there are no chapters in this second book, which is very weird yeah. and interesting. We're going to break it up a little differently this yeah. season. It's we'll not have to come up so, with our own titles. Yeah, it's not going to be so clean cut be as, yeah, as last season. But, but we'll get through it. I wonder why, like on an authorial level. You'll see. I'll find out. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense when you're in it. So without any further ado, The Dark Forest. We are here. We are opening up, cracking open. Mm. You smell that? That's Don't the smell of a new book. That new book smell. And I'm cracking its spine like a bad chiropractor. And we begin with a prologue. And so today, Brett and I are just going to talk you guys through this prologue. Brett, why don't you get us started? Because when I entered, I was like, wait, what am I missing? And I like started to reread it. And I was like, okay, wait, am I missing anything? And then I talked to you. And then I talked to someone else who had already read the book. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll all make sense in the end of the book. So start us off. This story opens with an ant. And no, I don't mean your mother's sister, your father's sister. I mean literally the size of a speck of sand, an ant, the animal. An ant with a freaking thorax. Who is brown. Brown ant. Beautiful chocolate brown. (laughs) The second part of this trilogy opens, and we're following this ant, and he's just seemingly going about his day, walking over something. The ant goes marching one by one. Hurrah. 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 Hurrah, honey. And we learned that this ant and his or her colony have been recently displaced. Okay. Wherever their nest and their anthill had been, had been upset, and so they had to move. Bye. The colony to do this, I don't really... I know about bees, so I, you know I don't know about other creatures that live in colonies. But it, this was kind of you know big if true. If this is scientifically accurate, yeah. But the colony of ants picks up their queen, and I'm kind of imagining it's like one of those like Daenerys Targaryen. You know, they put her up on the platform, yeah. and they're like hoisting her yeah. above their shoulders so she doesn't have to move. But march, they, yeah. They march. pick up their queen and they Love move that. their entire colony somewhere else. Got because it. Because we because they got raided by me. <laughs> well, not raided. We learn that their the area where their nest had been has been destroyed but destroyed because of what we assume as the reader to know to be construction or something like it like something's happening to the ground where they're like mm, we can't I'm imagining it. wash the spider out down came the rain and dried up that's not how it goes but that's what I'm imagining like know. rain yeah. gentrification yeah so landlords came colony. along and said we're raising your rent god again <laughs> so this colony, These ants are like, oh, 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 this economy is killing me. So Am the I colony, the ant? <laughs> colony relocates. Yeah. We are the ants. We are the ants. We are in the farm. Spoiler alert. Are we? I need to break it to you. Okay, so anyway, okay. this colony of ants relocates. They've got a whole new setup. But because of that, they have to go out into the world and find new sources of food. They're in a whole new country for intents and purposes, right? right. Like a couple feet to an ant is a very far away, I'm imagining. Mm. So one day, while this little brown ant, our main character yeah. in part two, while it's out foraging for food, it's making its way a bunch of 
like a lot of overturned ground and it's freshly overturned like there's not like grass or anything and it notices across the way there's a monolith that's been installed at one end gag gag like also remember it's monolith to an ant okay so it could just be like a paper clip or like could be somebody's bag lunch for all we know it's just something very very big at the end of this like upturned soil that this ant oh got it it can't see what it is in full like whoa what is that Mm -hmm. so it heads over and it starts climbing up onto this monolith Mm -hmm. and the ant notices that on the face of it there are grooves carved in it like little channels Mm. made of stone or something really hard but there are channels carved into it so the ant's like "Ooh, let's explore it's giving termites it jumps into this little groove like maybe it's erosion who knows but it like jumps into this little groove and it's exploring following the shape and like you know being like oh what is this oh it's a number one Except the ant doesn't know that. Right. We know that. Okay. As this little ant is climbing up the face of it and going through these little channels, he can feel vibrations, which are coming from the ground. And it knows, oh, this is a big vibration. There's something really big coming my way Mm. because they're only getting stronger. Mm. And it's climbing and it notices that there is a little spider building a web at the base of whatever this thing is. So it's like, "Mm, let me go around that. And here's the first instance of something that I'm going to bring up a lot probably this episode okay this little ant is aware of the spider and the spider is aware of the ant but they're different species they're different orders they don't try to communicate with each other Mm. they just see and they continue with what it is that they were doing in the first place Mm. feels metaphoric these vibrations that the ant feels from the ground start to intensify and then out of nowhere they stop they're here It's it's a can of raid! It's massive, though. To the ant, whatever it is that's arrived completely dwarfs the ant Uh and blocks out the sky. Oh, God. So, like, bigger than the monolith. Scary. I'm feeling fear. But the ant's not worried. Whatever these beings are, it doesn't know the name for them. It doesn't even know that they have names. It doesn't know that it could have a name. He's not worried. But he's not afraid. He has high hopes. He has... You know, because that one's about an ant. He has got high apple pie in the sky. I hope so. Yeah, Yeah. because he's trying to move a rubber tree plant. Yeah, but actually, actually, this ant's not afraid because this ant has seen this being on more than one occasion. It's like, oh, 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 yeah, this this thing thing is a regular here, kind of like the spider. Like, I can see it. But it's not a threat. And not be afraid of it, but I also don't have to interact with it. Got it. Okay. The spider that we saw down at the base. Yeah. Web completed, living its life. Relaxing. food. In its mid-century its, modern web. Sees its web destroyed. <gasps> because this being that's just walked up to the monolith sits down a bundle of flowers. And when it sits them down, it sweeps everything out of the way. Mm. So just like destroys Bye-bye, the spider's house. world. Natural disasters. Sorry. More vibrations. Which obviously, there's another really big thing that's coming. So at this point, the ant is following through these grooves. It doesn't have any idea what any of the shapes mean. It's just memorizing. I'm walking up straight and I'm making a right angle, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. But it discerns the shape of a number one. Okay. But then it immediately forgets it because it's right. already walking in a groove totally. or something else. Yes. At this point, there's big vibrations coming because I'm picking up big vibrations. Not big, <laughs> but anyway. This ant is like, oh, fuck, something else is coming this way. Except the first being that arrived at this monolith that was blocking out the sun has suddenly and out of nowhere shrunk 
to half its size. No. So that now this tiny little patch of sky is visible okay. because it's dropped down to be the height of this monolith. Curious. Inexplicably. This better be important in the end. In the ant? In the, in end. the end. The ant didn't know it, but the being just got down on its knees. That's what I figured. In front of this. I mean, really, like, right. the ant doesn't know anything other than I'm walking this way or I'm going to eat this right. or now I'm going home, you know? But it got down on its knees and it's staring at the face of this monolith. And by extension, it's also staring at the ant because the ant is walking through whatever letters and numbers are carved on this thing. And the ant is no stranger to eyes. Like, it saw the spider. It sees all kinds of things. So in its experience, it's like, mm, I'm not going to go up super close to this thing because usually if a pair of eyes are staring at you that means there's a predator attached to those eyes so i'm gonna i'm gonna tread lightly okay but then this being that's now kneeling in front of this monolith starts making noises that the ant has no way to comprehend or understand what they are mm. and it's just speaking <laughs> it's just making noise it's vibrating with the air it's kind of like how the narrator describes it and this thing says out loud it's a wonder to be alive, which, like, true. If you don't understand that, how can you search for anything deeper? Hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, wise words. Facts. It is a wonder to be alive. While they're speaking, the ant didn't realize that the vibrations of the other being that was approaching had stopped. Because this person's so close talking, that's all it can feel. And then it realizes, oh no, now there are two of them. Mm. What's going to happen now? And it's here that we learn that this little ant, aware of so much and still somehow so little, is witnessing a conversation between Ye Wenji and new character alert, Luo Ji. Mm. And you might be like, but wait, Ye Wenji. Is she dead? Is she alive? Flashback. Flashback alert. That's why it's a prologue. Cue flashback charms. Maybe. Let's time travel. And and uh, this is like a unseen footage from book one. Yeah, basically. So Luo Ji, this new character, is the person who's kneeling at this monolith. And Ye Wenji approaches. And when she arrives, the two introduce themselves. They're like, how's it going? What are you doing here? Blah, 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 whatever. We learn that Luo was a classmate of Yang Dong. R.I.P. If you don't remember, Yang uh, Dong was the daughter star. of Ye Wenji who killed herself right. very, very early when she came to the conclusion physics does not exist. Mm -hmm. And it's now that we realize because when he's like, oh, yeah, I was a I was a friend of hers. I went to school with her. She's like, oh, I was her mother. We realize they have both gathered at her gravesite and the aunt has been climbing on her gravestone, tracing out the letters in her birth year, oh, her death year, her name, wait, her that's place of birth. That kind of thing. And the aunt has no idea, but that's where this scene takes place. Wow. So now with that understanding, Poetic. we are at the grave site of the late Yang Dong, daughter of Ye Wenji. Just in the moments before twilight, the very first ideas of stars are starting to show themselves in the sky. The sun is disappearing. All the colors are becoming more rich. Everybody is like catching their last meal before the end of the day. And this conversation is taking place. All the while, the ant is just like crawling around like, ooh. 
Ooh, what's this shape? Ooh, mm-hmm. I like this one. Ooh, I hate that one. <laughs> this one feels like a trap. Those are actual words, by the way. Like, the ant doesn't like the number zero because it feels like a trap. Wow. Once you're in it, there's no clear way out of it. Wow. It doesn't like the number seven because the narrator says hard turns usually signify either a predator or battle. Wow. Things like that. So the ant has preferences of, like, which number shapes it prefers to wow. be Wow, the oh, ants like, having wow. a stress experience. Ant math theory. Very like cool. That. Okay. So. Very interesting. Now knowing that we're at Yang Dong's gravesite, right. Ye asks Luo Ji, is it true that you work in astronomy? Yang Dong spoke a lot about you. And he's like, mm, I mean, technically, yes, kind of. Like, I used to work in astronomy, but now I teach sociology in college. Actually, I teach sociology at Tsinghua University sociology He's like, it's only actually like a chance that we didn't meet because i started teaching there like very shortly after you retired mm. but yeah, that's what i'm doing now and yeah like sociology. sociology like don't you think that's a huge leap especially from astronomy like yeah make that make sense for me. yeah and he's like well i mean it yes point conceded but Yang Dong always gave me a hard time because he's like, she was all the time saying that I wasn't focused. But really, this is just an easier way to get on with life. Like, it's easier to make a living doing sociology than it is to make a living doing astronomy. Is it? So I'm doing sociology. I mean... According to him. He's got a teaching position, maybe tenured. It's like, you don't really have to try that hard. But if you're in astronomy, it's like, you're only as good as your last research paper. Mm, True. So it's like... Sociology, like, you can basically say, I'm going to study college students <laughs> you know what I, I mean, mean? like drinking habits I, I had a sociology teacher that did that i was like okay <laughs> but so yay is like well i mean don't be so hard on yourself like you might have taken an easier route than staying in astronomy but for what it's worth yang dong always spoke about you as being very smart mm-hmm. and the like yeah but yang dong was so far ahead of me that like i just kind of feel like deep down that I don't know. It's almost like astronomy was impenetrable. Hmm. Like it was this solid form that no matter what tool or device you took to it, it would never crack itself open. But sociology... Human behavior. Feels sort of like soft accessible. and pliable by comparison. Mm. So it takes far less firepower to like break into it sort mm-hmm. of thing. I guess, yeah, you just observe human behavior. I mean, basically. And then Ye's like, honestly, listen, like don't be so hard on yourself. Not everybody can be as smart as Yang Dong was. And I was just like, L O fucking L. Like, stage mom as fuck. Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself. Uh, Sociology isn't only for idiots. Yeah, like, don't worry. Not everybody can be, like, an award-winning, like, blah, blah, blah. Whatever Yang Dong was. But she gives him a suggestion. She's like, well, why don't you study cosmic sociology? But Luodri's like, wait, what do you mean? Cosmic sociology? Like, that's not even a field of study right like, what are you talking what about? are you talking what does about? that even mean yeah. what would it look like and she's like well i mean i just chose the name randomly but i imagine that the universe is full of civilizations that are distributed from one corner to the next just like everywhere so yeah Wenji is like together these cosmic civilizations would make up a cosmic society 
So to my mind, she's like, cosmic sociology would work like the same as regular sociology, except it would be studying the whole of these societies, no matter what type of species they exist, right. rather than just the human species on the planet Earth. It's like the total panoply of life. Great idea, Yewenji. Point yeah. me to another civilization I can study. You know. Right? I mean, does he not say that? Basically. Okay, because that's what I'd say. Luigi is like, we're the only civilization that we know of, though. So how meaningful could this like line of studying be? Because like think yeah. about it. If I don't insult me. Well, he's like if I dedicate my life to like starting a new field of study that's studying other societies and humans are the only ones who are confirmed to exist, every conclusion I arrive at is only ever gonna be theoretical. Right. So like That's not that really gonna, sociology. Yeah, like how is that gonna be helpful? And she was like, This is the reason why you have to be the one to found it. Mm. Because as time time goes on you could be thought of as the grandfather of this field she's like i think you have to be the one founded i love that luoji's obviously a little confused yeah because he doesn't know suggestion. about i mean he just met her for the first time did she call him to yangdong's grave we'll never know he was already there oh he was visiting the grave he's the one who arrived first Oh. And yeah, Wenji's the second to arrive. Got it. Go on. And then they introduce each other. So I'm like, he's a little confused because, like, they just met. She's telling him, uh, Stark. you need to found, found a new branch of science. Got it. And he's like, yeah, Wenji, like. He's like, the humanities are dead. Yeah, basically. He's <laughs> like, you're suggesting that I should devote the rest of my life to a field of scientific study that's purely based on theory when there's nothing concrete there like how do you propose that i would even carry out experiments right and and she's like you just have to be okay with the fact that everything's going to be theoretical like there to her point there is a lot of science that is purely theoretical true it's based on things that we know or believe to right, be true right but the ultimate conclusions are theory. like yeah they're just theory until they're proven otherwise right she's like you could set up axioms that seem to be true mm -hmm. very much like how Euclid did when he set up his axioms of geometry mm. and then like to the day now they're proven to hold true but at the time he was a theoretical mathematician mm. formulating what we know now to be geometry. Euclid geometry. Interesting. So she's like, what were his axioms? Like number of sides and angles? Please don't ask me. I, <laughs> I cannot pull that for you in this moment. That's just me taking a wild guess. Probably. But it feels right. Like, the sum of the angle is equal to the inverse of the hypotenuse. Right, on right, the, Whatever right. the fuck. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. But, like, those okay. things, right? Take that out. <laughs> She's like, why don't you just set up some axioms that you think are true and then operate that way and update the axioms as you learn things that you can further confirm? And Luigi's like, yeah, that sounds great, but what would those axioms even be? I've never even thought of the two words cosmic I sociology together yeah. before. So, like, wh where would I even start? I love pseudoscience and, like, creating axioms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I, like, yeah. Ye has thought about this before because she's the one who suggested it, right? So she's like, okay, I think you need these two axioms. Number one, survival is the primary need of all civilizations. Okay, True. okay. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I align with that. Mm -hmm. The second one, civilization continuously grows but the total amount of matter in the universe stays the same. So she's like, operate from these two places, mm -hmm. and that's a solid place to be standing on, no matter what other question you're asking. Okay. Luoji is like, yay, 
You told me those two axioms like so quickly and so easily. Like it's almost like you've already worked out this whole problem. Right. Like, not just thought about it. Right. It seems like you're the grandmother of cosmic of this field sociology, of and you just want me to fucking put my name on it. And she's like, you know, caught me. You're right. Like, yes. <laughs> Guilty. She's like, I've been thinking All about right. this for a very long time. Here's my dissertation. But you're just the first person I've ever said the words out loud to. And she adds, she's like. Oh, yeah. One more thing. And another thing. I really relate to Ye-Wen-Ji's tendency to talk to people about your own ideas, uh-huh. making them think it's theirs. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like she's the leader, well, was the leader of a cult devoted to bringing destruction to the human civilization. She, it's, like, it's like when I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy if, and then I like pitch something yeah, you that, know? Just, that you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, that would be crazy. Would we should crazy? do that. Yeah. You're like, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. So go on. Ye says to Luoji, she's like, and another thing. <laughs> For you to get a basic picture of cosmic sociology from these axioms that I told you, you need some other concepts also. Okay. Number one, chains of suspicion. And number two, the technological explosion. And he's like, what? But she's like, I can't explain this to you because there's no time. But I think you're smart enough and that you'll figure out how to, like, use these axioms to be your jumping point. And that I really think that you could be the person that's remembered as, like, the capital F founder of this field of science. Good luck. Bye. (laughs) And he's like, uh, okay, I'll try. Just so you you. know, like, I might come see you if I have a question because, like, it feels like you already know all these answers. So, like, I'm going to probably see you in a little while. And she's like, no, 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 don't. Literally don't. Don't hold your breath. That time will never come. You will never be able to come see me and ask me any questions you ever have. So if you're hoping for that moment, Damn. I would just go ahead and forget that I said anything in the first place. Yewen G must have known her time was coming. She was she was about to walk to the cliff right then. Totally. She was, it was like, I'm guessing this is that moment. Yes, she right? needed to pass this on She's like, so I, that someone could do it. And that's actually uh. what she says. She was like, I have done my duty. So either way, figure it out or don't. I'm out. I'm satisfied with my Wow, yay. And then Ye Wenji walks off into the twilight to her next meetup. And that's what the book says. The book says the next meetup. And I just have to assume. She's on her little She's about to walk list. off the cliff. And it's sunset for me yeah. and sunset for humanity yeah, 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 in yeah. book one. Right, whatever. right. So now the ant, still climbing over this gravestone, finally arrived at an image that is so complex, it has no way of understanding what the total relief is in the face of this thing. Mm -hmm. But what it does notice is a pair of eyes staring back at it. And the narrator tells us this ant has no anxiety, no fear, because it knows these eyes, in particular, are lifeless. They're attached to nothing that can cause this ant any harm, because I'm assuming it's like a portrait of Yang Dong carved in the gravestone. Got it. Then down at the base, the spider, who had been on the web that got brushed out of the way, is back and is quickly spinning micro-thin filaments of silk to reconstruct this web that was destroyed by this bundle of flowers. And the narrator tells us that this web could be destroyed 10,000 times, and the spider would build it 10,000 more. The spider felt no annoyance, no despair, no anger, no delight. It just was. And I thought, like, God, the freedom. 
right? Right. Like, this spider. No attachment. Living in ego death. Yeah. Just like, okay, I'm going over here now. Time to build another <laughs> I'm still going to be a spider over right. here. Like, the freedom. Spider's going to spider. I mean, a spider's going to spin. For real. So, Luoji, now standing alone at Yang Dong's graveside, waited, you know, for a little while, and then just silently left paying his respects. The ant felt the vibrations of his footsteps growing weaker and weaker the further away he walked. And when the ant was sure that the man was gone, it started its trek back down to the ground so it could make its way to the colony's new nest. Plus, it had seen a really sick dead beetle that everybody should know about because mm-hmm. like, hey, free buffet. Yeah. And here's something that I think is going to be probably a crux of this whole book, Allie. What? The narrator says, on the ant's way back down the gravestone, the sky by this point had gone fully dark. All of the cosmos had revealed itself and its light dotted, twinkling across the backdrop of a dark sky. The ant passed the spider, sitting on its new web at the base of this gravesite. The book says they felt each other's presence, but did not communicate. Damn. And that's written up on the wall behind Brett. And as I look at him, I just want to take a little photo. It really does feel like that they felt each other's presence but did not communicate is going to kind of be a recurring theme, definitely for this book, if not for the book, for the remainder of the series. I mean, it feels relevant. It's making me think a lot about the next part of this prologue. Oh, and for what it's worth, the ant kind of like lost a lot of, uh, we'll say... Will to live. Interest. (laughs) As it was climbing over these numbers. Oh, yeah. It, like what I mentioned, how it like had a preference for this number right. versus that number. Yeah. So it only ever actually walked over the numbers one, nine, seven. Like it missed a number uh-huh. after seven. But then it walked over a dash and then two, oh. So you can guess like 1979 to 2001. Or, you know, like it was a date. Right. So right. it like walked over very little of this thing. But I think it's interesting that we start this book with the image of a being that's an ant with a level of intelligence, right. able to care for itself, able to care for others like it, mm-hmm. physically moving its body through a message so complex it doesn't know it's a message and it wouldn't know how to understand it Stop. it did know it were a message. Stop. Are you telling me we're moving through a message and we don't know that? No, I'm just like, isn't that fun to think about? Yeah. What if we are moving through a message and we don't realize it? What even would that look like? I don't know. But I'm hoping this book is going to tell me. (laughs) Okay, so then the prologue continues. But we jump to an entirely different scene. Okay. Are we still in a flashback? We are in a flashback, but we actually flashback a few months earlier. Oh, then, okay. Than that scene. Yeah. Let me just make sure that's true. Not a few months earlier, but earlier. Okay. Perhaps a day earlier. Got it. In the dead of night, where Mike Evans... Oh, God. ...is standing on the bow of Judgment Day. Oh, he and that ship are all still in one piece. Yes. So we know that, like... Pre-Panama. Pre-Panama, but on its way. He's somewhere in the Pacific, and as he stands on this bow, he's communicating with either a singular being on Trisolaris or, you know, some group of beings on Trisolaris. Got it, okay. But the way he's communicating is through a sofon that is displaying text over his retinas. Where have we seen that before? Right. Beginning of book one. 
text appears on his retinas from Sofan okay. that basically like he can see over the night sky. Cool. Like literally imagine subtitles in your, in eyes. your eyes. Yeah. And Evans is communicating in real time with Trisolaris. It becomes apparent that he's been in communication with them. Okay. And he's been sending them documents for them to learn everything there is to know about humanity in anticipation of their arrival. Uh-huh. And the Trisolarans on the other end say to Evans, you know, there's one thing that we're still having difficulty understanding in full. And Evans is like, what? He's like, fiat currency? <laughs> Crypto? I mean, bit. what is it? What was that? What was the board apes nfts in <laughs> stereo like no not nfts no the one thing that they're having trouble understanding is the difference between the word thinking and the word speaking interesting well according to trisolarans from what they understand thinking and speaking should be synonyms they're like okay. thinking is According to everything we've learned from, you know, you, mm-hmm. thinking is defined as using thought organs to conduct mental activity. I hate that description. Thought organs? I know. But that's, but right? That's, that's what thinking is. Plain and language. speaking or saying is communicating the content of those thoughts to someone else done through the modulation of vibrations in the air produced by vocal cords. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense to us. Yeah. To try Solaris... This makes them synonyms because trisolarans don't actually have organs of communication. Their brains just display thoughts to the outside world. Their brains emit stronger electromagnetic waves on all frequencies uh-huh. than humans' brains do, Whoa. including visible light, so it can be displayed at a significant distance. Got it. Thus, thinking for them is speaking. Oh, thinking okay. is okay. communicating. If you think, it will be projected. Right. Whoa. Very interesting. R.I.P. privacy on Trisolaris. Truly. Makes you really think back to, like, those scenes where, like, you know. Does this make me look fat and you have no way out of it? (laughs) And, like, well, if we're going to get there. And, like, you know, thinking about Listener, you know, when he was interrogated for what he had done. Yeah. And how everyone seemed very blunt and emotionless and kind of honest in a weird way. Well, thinking is speaking. And Evans is like, okay, well, this shouldn't really inhibit your understanding of the documents I've shared with you. Right. Trisolaris is like, yeah, the differences between us really are not that huge. We both produce intelligence. There's huge numbers of neural connections in the brain, Mm -hmm. except just our brain waves are stronger and they can be received directly by our counterparts, eliminating the need for a communication organ. Wild. I guess you're right, Evans. That is the only difference. I was thinking about, as I'm reading this, because I've thought in the past... How, like, becoming, like, I studied English in college, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, I'm a writer, and I just thought about, like, how mastering the English language is really mastering a limitation. Yeah. The fact that we can't communicate any other way, and, like, poetry and, you know, prose is just the way in which you are molding your translation of what you're thinking. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just thought, it's like, art is the expression of... Of a limitation. Without limitation, I don't think we'd have art. No. It's like and they don't have art. Language and art are just... They're mediators. In a way. I mean, you could you could draw, like, the similarity between, like, when, when people used to pursue seriously the quote-unquote 
science of alchemy and like trying to transmute like one element into another it's literally like holographically transmuting a thing that doesn't exist which is a thought which is just an electrical signal right exactly like there is no something quantifiable that someone else who didn't experience that electrical signal can right could you imagine like being able to understand what someone's thinking without it being with no translation yes without it being mediated through linear language and lossless like no information being dropped and you know i hate cool but would be scary it's funny because i was uh with my girlfriend the other day (laughs) and uh if you guys want to hear about that you can sign up for our patreon that's on the patreon um but i was with my girlfriend the other day and Sometimes, I don't know, well, I've been reading this really interesting book, mm-hmm. um, and it just talks about the, uh, I don't know how deep I should go into it, but why not? This what is my it, fucking podcast. Slut? No, it was basically the ethical slut. It was polysecure. Because uh-huh. I was just thinking, like, you know, is polyamory for me? Yeah. Or not? I don't know. I really don't know. I need more information to make an educated decision. But, but that, ask the question. Yeah. So I was like, I, I heard this book is great. And in the beginning of that book, she talks about how the difference between adult, adult relationships and then adult child relationships. Uh-huh. And, you know, this is sort of just like a very preface, like understanding of attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's like talking about the differences and similarities between child adult relationships and adult adult. You know, a, a difference is. Well, in a child-adult relationship, uh, there is not a mutual, you know, reciprocation of care. The child... Or expectation of. Yes. Yeah. The child is to be cared for, mm-hmm. and, the, for noth- and the adult gets nothing in return. Right. In an adult-adult relationship, you know, it's mutual. It's, yeah. It's got to be reciprocal. But a diff- uh Sorry. So that's a difference. But a similarity is the ways in which we bond. And it was talking about how, like, adult-adult and adult-child relationships bonding takes place through, you know, physical touch, Uh intentional and prolonged eye contact, Mm -hmm. and sometimes even, like, cooing, right? Like, making, like, baby noises. And I was like, damn, that's so true. Like like, baby talk. Yeah, exactly. And it really does happen. Like, when you're in a relationship, like, you you soften, you're like... You You go into pet voices and you use pet names. You go baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also do just have like, when you're like falling in love with someone, especially when you're creating that bond, you just make eye contact. A lot. A lot. And I forgot about this. And now that I'm in this new relationship, it's like, we make a lot of eye contact. I know it's really sweet. And like, we'll just like fucking like lay somewhere and just like look in each other's eyes. And what I noticed is like it's it's like we're having an entire conversation. Oh right. And I just no words. began to realize like we actually can communicate without speaking, but mm-hmm. we are not trained and you know like yeah. we're tr- we're taught language and that becomes our primary mode of communication, but had we been, you know, had linear language not been developed and like vocal cords not been, you know, codified vocal uh, expression not being codified into letters into words right that create this our languages we could have learned to communicate through eye contact oh yeah and yeah i don't know it's just funny i was just like watching I, we were just like literally looking at each other and i really saw like an entire conversation go by like and you know and you yeah. both like la- we were both laughing at the same time yeah. and nothing was being said yeah that's that's a that's an interesting thought. We are taught language, not communication. Yes. 
Yes. Because it's like how many people like, I mean, you know, like as an adult, just think back to like young adulthood, college, you know, like whenever, like how many people have you come across that obviously have a grasp of what languages, but but can't communicate cannot communicate their thoughts or feelings. Yes. Or won't either way. Right. Or like like, ineffectually. Yeah. It's so true. Words, language, the way we have it, it's yes a facilitator of of understanding but also a huge inhibitor because it is one so up for interpretation so modified by tone and yeah like and and but it is what creates art like what i'm trying to say is like there's a million ways to say you're in love there can be a hundred people in the room right there's tons of songs right expressing the same sort of feeling in a million different ways and and that's a beautiful part of humanity a fundamental part of humanity seems to be the fact that we can create art because we are limited yeah and it makes so much sense why trisolaris has no art so anyway it makes sense yeah okay so little tangent there so trisolaris is confused as fuck about these two terms yes but they're like you know there's not a ton of differences you're right evans like i guess that is the only difference Uh is we don't have a communication organ and you guys do but we're all thinking and evans is like i think there is actually more to it than we realize because trisolarans earlier in this conversation were like there's something missing or something extra about humanity and we're not really sure what it is and and evans is trying to help them get to the bottom of it as well and so when they say this thing of like that's the only difference between humans and trisolarans is just this communication organ and, like, we don't need to use language. Evans is like, wait a second. There is something extra that can't be the only difference. Sure. And this is obviously giving cosmic sociology. Yeah. Comparing civilizations. Evans is like, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. And to understand the story, you're going to have to understand the concepts of wolf, of child, of grandmother. And of house in the forest. Ooh, okay. So Evans is like, you you're going to have to understand these concepts. Wolf. And Trisolaris is like, great. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. I got it. <laughs> what, is, what? I need to hear it. In case you haven't guessed it already, he's about to tell them the story of, say it with me, Little Red Riding Hood. And he's like, oh, once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're like, he's like, do you understand the concepts of wolf, child, grandmother, and house in the forest? And they're oh, like, Mostly. They're like, uh, grandmother? And they don't really understand grandmother in full. Wait, but oh, but Maybe because they don't have... Whenever they're going to die, they have to merge their bodies with another one to form one new... So they don't have multiple generations. Yeah, they don't have parents. Right. Because they, by them existing, they are... I forgot about this. Because, I mean, like... I yes, forgot how they reproduce. Lineage, but not like the they don't have a relationship. The raise the, yeah, they like, don't have a relationship with a parent, right? One literally recycles into the next one. Right. So they're like grandmother, and so Evans is like, just understand that grandmother is someone that a child can trust. Okay. And he tells the story of a little red riding bitch okay. running through the forest. No, she. The, the story of Little Red Riding Hood, and you know how Little Red Riding Hood is a child. That is going to her grandmother's house in the forest, mm-hmm. and the wolf eats the grandmother, dresses up as her, and when the Little Red Riding Hood knocks on the door, the wolf is like, come in. 
and says, and the, and the child is like, why is your nose so big? And the wolf is like, the better to smell you with, my dear. Why are your ears, or what is whatever it is, why are you so hairy? Like, uh, you know, testosterone. <laughs> In his telling of it, it's not my memory of how Little Red Riding Hood goes. The wolf puts on the grandmother's clothing, assumes her appearance, and then goes to the house where Little Red Riding Hood is. And knocks on the door, and the children look through the crack in the door, and, and they're like... That might just be a regional, like a world region yeah. difference in that. So he tells the story of Little Red Riding Hood. Okay. And he says, do you understand this story, my lord? Because he calls them my lord. My sweet lord. And they're like, no, not at all, actually. I don't understand this story at all. Trisolaris is like, why? If the wolf wanted to eat the children, why would he communicate with them at all? And if the wolf says anything to the children, won't they know that the wolf wants to eat them? And wouldn't... They just not open the door. Yeah, but it's like, okay, but so he says. And then Evans is like, just as I thought, you don't understand this story because your thoughts are completely exposed. Uh, like a fish in a bowl or like some some film projected in a plaza or a book placed out in public. Your thoughts and your memories are transparent. Totally exposed, readable at a glance. Oh, so they truly don't have mental privacy. Apparently not. And Trisolaris is like, okay, but isn't that all perfectly natural? And Evans is like, for you, yes. Mm -hmm. When you communicate face-to-face, everything you communicate is true. It's impossible for you to cheat or lie. So you can't pursue complicated or strategic thinking. Mm. They don't even understand what it means to cheat or lie. Got it. Okay. They've never had the chance. Exactly. They have a hard time understanding what he's even saying. Evans is like, what sort of society comes from a species that is completely transparent? Mm. What sort of culture arises? What sort of politics when there's no scheming, no pretending? Mm. I was like, that's really fucking interesting. Truth. Like, like I was like, I don't know what what would come. I this mean, is cosmic sociology. Humanity has never had that scenario, right? Because like we've been able to lie since we've been able to speak. Yeah, it's just speaking what is not true. I mean, not even lying. We've been able to obscure information in lieu of other information since we've existed. Probably this is key to like the UAP conversation. Yeah. Imagine we couldn't be lied to. I mean, our whole fucking culture is post truth. Like, I mean, yeah. We don't believe anything. No one can agree. There's no definitive proof. Even when you're presented with proof, people are like, well, what if they're lying? What if this is all just like propaganda? What if this is coming from sure. within? Like, like there is the farthest thing from trust in our society. And it's a product of being able to scheme. To yeah. So Trisolaris can't do that. Possibly why they're more advanced. I mean, not no. And even they say that. They say Trisolaris is superior to humanity because the communication organs that humanity requires are an evolutionary deficiency that's compensating for the weakness of your brain waves. Wow. Direct display is far superior and far more efficient. And it's like, well, not no. It is more efficient. But Evans is like, no, my lord, I'm afraid you are wrong. It is not a weakness. And is not inferior. Ironically, I just want to mention that the scheming and pretending, like what is scheming pretending? Mm -hmm. I think it's ironic that Judgment Day is about to get fucking decapitated. Right. So it's like so relevant. This whole chapter is like very prescient, Uh both like in the context of itself and the context of our own society. But the Trisolarans finally come to understand what Evans 
means when he says, you're wrong. It's not a deficiency. Okay. They finally are like, oh, shit. Okay. And Evan says, my lord, you need us. And Trisolaris says, I am afraid of you. Whoa. Okay. And after that, conversation stops. That's the last time that Evans receives a message from Trisolaris. Now, I don't know if that's because he's killed or if that's because Trisolaris becomes becomes untrusting, having come to understand that they could be being lied to. Right. My gut is like the latter, but who knows? I'm afraid of you. Damn. And that shows you that they finally understand. Yeah. Because humanity can speak something other than what they are thinking... And other than what is true, humanity can lie. Damn. And that is a fucking foreign concept to a Trisolarian. What and you it's don't like, want to hear when you've targeted a planet for takeover, when you've learned that yours is no longer going to be habitable. Wild. And that's the end of the prologue. Damn. And part one is called The Wall Facers. And that's what will begin next week. But for now... We're going to be back every week. We're back on schedule. We will not be stopping until we get to the end of The Dark Forest. And I'm just going to tell you, as we go through this book, if you hear us say a word and you're like, what does that mean? Don't look it up. Please don't Google it. Just maybe write it down in a note. Sit on it. Tweet us. Tweet us. Direct messages if you need to. Threads. X us. We're not on threads. That sounds so pornographic. X us. I know. No one's saying that. Nobody's saying that. But yeah, follow us on Patreon season two and go buy a hat. Go check out the merch. merch. We're really excited to be in our sophomore season Mm -hmm. of Radar Peak. The rest was good, but I'm back. I mean, I'm I said it, like, I lost count, I think, during season one. I mean, like, the first book is a good, objectively, it's a good book. You get a good world built for you. You kind of, like, sort of understand some stakes that are at play. But, like, it really is not until this one that you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Hands and arms inside the ride at all times. Seatbelts fastened, tray tables in their upright positions. Like, here we go. Here we fucking go. So. Full speed ahead. We didn't really have a big Mach if true two. today. So keep sending us your big, bigs if true. Big, big if, if trues. Send us those. Because we'll talk about them. Yeah. I mean, we did kind of get into. Sort of. The three factions of UAPs. I felt like a yeah, big if true. Sort of. There's just so much happening in the real world of UAP. Up. Yeah. That I almost feel like it's trumping any discussion of anything else science related. Yeah, and even we that are moving toward disclosure. Overtaken by like pseudoscience, which like, it's I hard like to discern. talking about pseudoscience. Hard to like, discern. I just wish that we could filter out some of the cosmic background noise. Mm, that's well, like you know, around this UAP. Unfortunately, discussion. due to our communication organs and our inability to discern lies, mm. we are doomed to rake through muck. I'm limited together we're unlimited together we'll be the greatest team there's ever been brett dreams the way we planned them no episodes the way we planned them yeah scripts the way we planned planned them. them if we record in tandem 
There's no topic we cannot understand. Just you and I. I don't know. Our hater would have us believe otherwise. That's true. I actually can't understand a lot, but I'll pretend. I hope they're doing well. Um, you want to hear me do my rap again, just slower? Yeah, so actually, you can appreciate it. I, so, <laughs> this has been fun. Who knows how long this episode is going to be? We've been recording We're, now officially for five hours. Would it be two hundred one if it wasn't a strong two hundred one? Would it be two hundred one <laughs> if it wasn't the length three of hours. season one? <laughs> I don't know. That's so good. But it's so good to see you back in this studio. You too. It's so good seeing our cosmos projected on this ceiling. Yes. It's fun being back in it. I know. I've missed this. No more. To take us out, though, can I hear the song again? You may. I'll just start it from the verse. Okay. I'll do it slow, though, so you can really appreciate Or you want me to go full No, no. I created a podcast because nobody wants to read Three Body no more. They want book two, The Dark Forest. And now you know the universe is shaped like a Taurus. A little bit of reading mixed with some hard science. Shocking news and big of truths bigger than red giants. You waited this long, now stop debating which extraterrestrials are invading. Or to hear updates on who Allie's dating. Because we're back on the air and we're meditating on David Grush's investigating. So the UAPs won't let us be and the DOD won't let us see. They try to shut down every inquiry, but it feels so suspicious if you ask me so come on in and put on the show you're about to find out what you need to know and get ready because this shit's about to get heady we just made a bunch of merch go buy a fucking sweaty you're listening to radar peak where you listen to two people speak because we need a little transparency with new episodes dropping every week yeah this sounds like it's radar peak where you listen to two people speak about things you don't have time to read with new episodes dropping every week that might be my favorite thing you've ever done right it's, it's kind of like an amount it's a kind of a culmination of the way i've been showing up for this podcast yeah, I but kind of, like i a strong that. We, we ended season one with an original song yeah. and we're starting season two with another one i'm honestly i always felt like weird al was like my spirit animal oh my when God. i was a kid yoda yeah 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 yoda. yoda yeah well well it's good to be back it's good to see you good to see you it's good to know that you all are out there we love you Big year. This is a really big year. And I don't know about you, but I don't have anything else. So for now, I'll say I'm Brett. I'm Allie. And you've been listening to Radar Peak Season 2. But we'll talk to you next week. Done saying words. Bye. You're listening to Season 2 of Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify so you never miss an episode. For exclusive content we might not have had time for, subscribe to our Patreon. Oh, and one last thing before you go. If you enjoyed this series, leave us a review and tell a friend about us. Join in on the conversation when you follow us on social media, literally everywhere except Twitter, at RadarPeakPod. Bye.